Carolina Conservatives preachers with a punch, and we have been punching hard over the last several weeks, and we're going to eat uh, punching hard, of course. That is something that we really enjoy to do. I am Dr. Nathan Street, along with... I'm Pastor Alan Mashburn. Thank you for joining us. Today we have a candidate interview, and uh, I'm going to turn it over to him Him in just a moment. He's going to tell us more about him, uh, We have uh, about himself, but we have John Morse. He's running for Superior Court Judge in Rockingham and Caswell County. He's running against a Democrat incumbent, and we want to turn every state uh, every state red, but we want to make sure that every county is red in this state. So, John, thank you for coming on. It's a joy to thank have you. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, sirs, I really do appreciate it. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a beautiful day. Yeah. It is a beautiful day. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been in the county, what you're doing now, and what made you want to run for Superior Certainly. Well, I, again, I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I am, I, um, I, for one, we see where our country has been heading the past few years. I've been a lifelong conservative. I've always been a Republican. I've been raised by conservative Christian parents. And, uh, you know, and I have two little ones of my own. And so we see this, this trend, not only with, uh, with the executive uh, branch of our government and the legislature, but most importantly, the judiciary. And we've seen what liberal activist judges, what, what, what the harm they can, ha- can, can have. Um, to our freedoms and to the, our Constitution. Um, I am uh, in Rockingham County. I have lived here for over 10 years. I have been in, I was in private practice for the first six years, uh, basically representing clients in both civil and criminal cases in district and superior courts. And for the past close to five years, uh, I have been uh, serving as the Rockingham County attorney so I've been serving the citizens of this county in that role, which has been a, been a delight. Uh, but, you know, the way that, that God works is uh, he, he puts these messages on our hearts, right? I mean, he, he gives right. us uh, clear indications of, I'm opening a door, and I want you to walk through it. And so, you know, sometimes I, I kick and scream, but at the end of the day, God— uh, God is going to have going to have His way with us, and so for me, it's a big faith issue. Now, not only do I see, do I want to make a a stand for conservative values and our heritage and the, and the foundations of our Constitution, um, but I, I also want to provide a great. Uh, I want to be able to stand up, and, and my kids can look and say, "Dad stood up for what was right, what was true, what was biblical in our culture." And as a judge, I mean, you know, for me, of course, we, we hear judges have to be impartial. We have to hear the facts. Every party has their right, constitutional right to have their day in court. But at the same time, I want the underlying factor to drive me both on the bench and off. And that is what Christ has done for me and what Christ has done for the world and what the Bible spells out is this is how God has created us to live. And so, um, I, as you can see, I'm very passionate about that. John, what do you say to those people? I, I can tell that faith is really the foundation of what you what you believe, and that does, I am sure, have play a lot into how you would rule as a judge. What do you say to the people who 
uh, would would respond back to you and say that faith and religion should have nothing to do with how you rule and how you conduct it. Well, sure. Uh, you know, I'm, one of my favorite, I will answer this by uh, mentioning one of my favorite justices of all time was Antonin Scalia. And what he always reiterated uh, when he was debating, uh, when he looked at a, a Justice Breyer, someone with a complete different judicial philosophy as Scalia, what he would say is that structure, as required by our Constitution, must be adhered to to preserve our freedoms, uh, and that without adhering to the structure, so something along the lines of our Bill of Rights is, if we don't follow that structure, is essentially worthless, right? And what, he, what he called it is, is basically a parchment guarantee. So the way I look at it is we have to, as, as judges, rule, um, stay within our lane, so to speak, Make sure that we're adhering to the structure as required by the Constitution. I, I would be, of course, as a judge, would would not make laws from the bench. See, that's the problem. We've seen activist Democrat judges who have imposed their own views from the bench under the guise of legal interpretation. And so what, as, as a conservative judge, my philosophy is, is that you have to start from the beginning. Okay, we look at the text first. We look at the text of the Constitution. We look at the, te- at the text of the laws. But we have to go back to what was our foundations, right? What, you know, and for me, what I get really excited about, and I'm sure you gentlemen have heard of wall builders, is that we have to go back to the foundations and understand what was our society like at the time when this document was ratified. What did our founding fathers believe when they drafted this document and ratified this document? They were men of faith, and we understood in the context of what they fled from. And so we, we have to look at the Constitution as a judge, interpret it through that lens. And, and the one thing that I can say that I've been so inspired by and encouraged by are, uh, is the fact that we have an, an, a, a majority of an originalist, ju- originalist judges at, at our U.S. Supreme Court. So refreshing to see them hitting the reset button and saying, we're going back to the text of the Constitution and we're going to take it even further. We're going to look at the original intent of our founding fathers and we're going to start from there. Mm-hmm. And, and and my concern mm-hmm. is, especially being a father of two little ones, what what is, what is our nation going to look like 10 to 20 years down the road? The further we move away from our identity, and understanding what our found foundations are, we lose our identity as a country, which is a scary thought. And what what I va- would vow to do is adhere to the to the law um, as it's in front of me, interpret it, and not impose my own views or beliefs. And so, uh, what we see though is when we see these these liberal judges, if they impose their own views, it's it's essentially chipping away at our liberties. And, and, and gives the judge no basis or no right constitutionally to do that. So, what do you say? What do you say to the atheist or the guy on the left or the mainstream media who would say your biblical worldview is going to cross? Because let's be let's be blatantly honest. The left's worldview affects their decisions, obviously. 
they are not originalists. They are not constitutionalists. They, they believe in arbitrary law based upon how it's going to affect the society, how culture has changed. And so it's basically rewriting the Constitution as we go along, uh, which equates to legislating from the bench. But how do you respond to that? And, and being a Superior Court judge, I'm going beyond that because I can see you one day being appointed to a higher office or running for a higher office. I want you to. I want people like you do that, doing that. Um, in fact, uh, we need a great attorney general, by the way, uh, if you know anybody uh, running. So, I mean, how do you approach that? I don't see how it cannot cross over because it defines who you are. But at the same time, the Constitution was written by men who feel the same way you do. So bring us bring us up to that. There's a struggle, and, and the majority of it is sure. spiritual. No, I agree. You know, uh, but well, there's and this is the way, I, and I, before I jump in, I don't want to get too far off track, but uh, I was raised in a conservative Christian home. My father... Is is a, is a retired pastor now. He's still preaching in retirement, but he's in the pulpit uh, for close to fifty years. And so, uh, what I view, my father, yeah, I remember I had this struggle. You talk about faith. I had this struggle in college whether to go to seminary and go full time pastoral ministry or or go into law school. Um, and my father did not. I remember the day I went to him. I said, Dad, you know, I think I want to go to seminary. And he sat me down, and he did not scare me away from, from it, but he instilled in me the importance of having a genuine calling from God to go into full-time pastoral ministry. And so I did a lot of soul-searching there. But I view this as if God opens the door uh, for, for me to, enter, to to wear the robe and sit on that bench, that's also a calling. That's a high-level responsibility, right? And so— uh, one of the one of the great opportunities I had in law school was to be trained um, as a Blackstone Fellow. And I don't know if you've heard of the Blackstone Fellowship, but they are through they're they're a, a, a program with the Alliance Defending Freedom, which has been on the front lines with uh, with the cases such as our recent Dobbs decision. And so, very conservative group. Um, and, and and one of them, so the fact. Past faculty have included such as uh, Ed Meese uh, and now sitting Justice Amy Barrett, um, who was on the teaching faculty. Now, she got drilled right during her confirmation hearings um, in, in front of the Senate on her associations with a program like Blackstone. And their argument was, how can that not impact your decision uh, as, as a judge and influence you that way? And she had excellent remarks uh, with this. And, and I think as, as a judge, I'm going to have to follow her lead uh, because she answered it so eloquently is the fact that you know, she, she mentioned that I, I had uh, I taught lectures on originalism. That's her judicial philosophy in the line of Scalia. Um, however, she said, I, you know, the other materials and everything that, that went through the Blackstone, which is a heavy, is, a, is training Christian lawyers for their legal careers. Um, she said, however, you know, that will not impact my decision as a judge. And, and I, and, and I believe that even though I have strong rel religious convictions, um, I still have to be a judge. There will be laws that I won't agree with. 
that I'll that I'll struggle with. But it's not my job. Yeah, I think that's key. I think you just hit the nail on the head. You've got to interpret the law as you see it, not the way. That's the legislature's job. And I've seen we've seen Roberts do that on a number of occasions. You know, he rules by by the law. Chief, you know, Chief Justice says, if you don't like it, vote him out. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And and I think that we we've got to also understand that. Some of these, what, what, what Pastor Mashburn was talking about a minute ago, with how our uh, how leftists view the court, we we've got to just be completely honest here and say that they have a religion. Even atheists, that's their religion. It's yeah. sexual humanism, and so when you try to interpret the Constitution and try to interpret law through whatever prism that they want to put it through, whether that be critical race theory, whether that be atheism, whether that be Christianity or Islam, whatever it is, there is a prism that everyone's going to put their their interpretation through. But the question is, and I think you're hitting the nail on the head, John, and you've got the right approach to this, is you're not putting your interpretation through any prism, but what the founders their prism was most likely to be, which was a Judeo-Christian foundation. It isn't anything else but that. Yes, right absolutely. That? And and what you're, I tell you, the, the most dangerous that I see, the one of the most dangerous aspects of this that I see is when we have judges with the idea that the Constitution as drafted in the 18th century is out of date and it doesn't apply today. That is the biggest, one of the right. biggest threats to our freedoms and to our country. Right now, hundred percent. Same thing people are saying sure. about the Bible. It's out of date, right? You know, and, and this is why uh, you know the Republican Party is not perfect by any means. But when you look at it, it mostly it, it's the it's the party that mostly aligns with my with my convictions and my values. I'm all for traditional family, right? I have two I have two uh, beautiful daughters. When when we see something along the lines of, of, of a male uh, 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 competing against natural-born females uh, in, 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 in athletic events, that, that, makes me, that makes my blood boil. I mean, wh- wh- what is our culture? Where, where are we going with this? And, and when do conservatives stand up and say enough's enough? I mean, if that was my daughter, of course, uh, you know, I, I'm just very upset on behalf of those females that work hard and they're deprived of that honor right but if that was my daughter i mean on this stage I, and and i would be very very um upset i mean but so, so at the time you know I, I view as stepping up and being a conservative judge and upholding um the original intent the the the, the meaning the true meaning of our constitution as a way of me standing up for what's right and what's true and what our identity of as this country. You know, when I when I go out and speak and I mention that, like this this is our identity as a country, I get so many blank stares. And I'm thinking, do y'all understand what I'm telling you? Yeah. I mean, John Adams said, he said, Look, you don't you will never know how much my generation has sacrificed for your freedoms. Make good use of it. And so, I mean, why why can't we go back and see how much they lost and sacrificed and died for us? 
Amen. Because we have intentionally stopped teaching U.S. history. Exactly. Intentionally. It's and truth. embraced Marxism, which entails critical theory, critical race theory, and so on and so forth. So we're reaping what we have sowed as a country in many ways. And that's just sure. that's another topic. It's, it's, it's not... Uh, not on topic for you, but uh, as a believer, you recognize yes, it, you see it. But the law has to play a part in that because if we don't, if we don't abide by the law and use the law as our plumb line, then we have. We and have that's why I'm chaos. so relieved. You know, and I, I tell folks one of the, the the greatest things that Trump did was he did a phenomenal job with judiciary uh, appointments and nominations. Excellent. I think in large part, I know that he, he, I'm sure he received a lot of counsel from the Heritage Foundation, which is a a wonderful organization. But at the same time, you know, it's so refreshing to see our highest court saying, you know, like, for example, with with the the Roe decision, there's no basis in our Constitution. There was no, there was no justification, constitutional basis for the court to rule that way. Now, of course, I never thought I'd see that in my lifetime. But, you know, praise the Lord that we have a court that is hitting the reset button and going back and saying, what, what was our, what, is, what does the text say? But even further, what is the original meaning and original intent of, of this document? That is so, that's just so encouraging to me. And, and, but again, you know, folks will also argue, well, that's for the federal court, right? I mean, that's for, they, they hear most of these constitutional issues anyway. And I, and I said, that's, that is far from the truth. We need judges at the state level, from the highest court to the lowest court, with that same judicial philosophy. It applies here, especially yeah. if, we're, if there's if there uh, on an issue such as abortion, the state the the, the 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 Supreme Court has thrown that back to the states and say, okay, legislatures, state legislatures, you need to figure that out. So there, of course, I mean, this is going to be coming before state judges. Uh, we've already seen it happen in Kentucky. Um, and so, again, you know, I have strong religious convictions and beliefs on that. Yeah. I, I, it, for, for me, yeah. uh, I, I'm, I'm taking off the judicial candidate hat right now, is I'm excited that, and I hope this ushers in, a season of celebrating life, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm. uh, from, from that angle, um, but, but again, I, I want to, we need to have conservative judges that, that start at that point. At our state level, if it comes before me, you know, all right, what does our constitutional constitution say? What was the original intent behind it, and how do we apply it? Mm. That's a great. I, I love it. That is exactly the kind of philosophy that we need. And and I'm glad that you answered a question, one of the questions that I had in knowing that uh, abortion is a big topic that is coming our way. It is coming to North Carolina. I'm kind of disappointed in our leaders, uh, Tim Moore and Phil Berger. I'm very disappointed in them for not taking up the issue, even though they, they could easily say, well, we've got a Democrat attorney general. We've got a Democrat governor. Doesn't matter. You should always do the right thing all the time, and you should take up the issue. I know here in South Carolina, where I am, they've been battling the issue. Unfortunately, we've got, we've got weak-willed Republicans down here that don't want to... Uh, uh, don't want to take it even further, but um, I've you are competing. Your opponent is 
Ed Wilson, who is already the judge for that area. What do you what what can you tell us about Ed Wilson and how he uh, how he has decided cases? Um, how are you? Yeah, so uh, I, I'll I'll say I will start off by saying that um, I've known Ed Wilson since I've been practicing law here, and when I first announced that I was running when I filed, the very first thing I said was, you know, personally, I have respect for Ed Wilson. I mean, he's always been very gracious to me, very kind. But I go on to say it's nothing personal. We have drastically different platforms of which we're, we're running on. Um, I am very much a Christian, conservative, Republican. I've always been conservative. I don't know any different. Um, uh, my opponent, uh, he has he's been a lifelong Democrat. Um, and we've seen uh, certain things that have been uh, revealed, of course, that, that confirm that he's on that platform. Um now, how he has ruled, uh, he has had, and I, and I will be honest, he has had some decisions that have been, you know, somewhat conservative. Um, however, there also have been some decisions where, uh, you know, it's uh, there's probably some political leans there. Um, but I think, for the most part, what the, the basis upon what I'm running, irrespective of decisions that and, and his track record. What does the man stand for? Uh, you know, now we have uh, we have these judicial races that are partisan. They used not to be. Now I believe they started. Uh, I think judicial races started to be partisan back in I believe it was eighteen sixty eight. But then we've had recently a several year period where they have been nonpartisan. So we've had several liberal uh, Democrat judges who have been able to be reelected in rural areas. In conservative Republican areas, under because they haven't had to disclose their party, right? And so they, in a lot of ways, they can present themselves as being conservative, but are they really conservative? And and I, I am I'm excited now that judicial races are partisan because I believe that the very least the public has the right to know the the political leanings and the beliefs of their candidates. Um, I want to know who it is I'm voting for, how not only how they're going to rule on the bench or how they're going to uh, carry themselves in office, but who are they off out of the office, off the bench, right? What do they believe in? Mm-hmm. Um, that gives, I, I, that gives me greater comfort. And so I, I think for the, for the most part, what I'm running for is the fact that what you see with me is what you get. All right. Rockingham County, you went, I believe they went 73% for Trump. All right. You're a red County. You deserve to have an option <laughs> to vote for a Republican. What you see with me is what you get. I am a conservative through and through, and I will not change. And the other the other option is you have Here. a lifelong uh, Democrat who's going to remain loyal to his party. Here's the thing, whether, I don't, Alan, I'm sure you caught this too, but I want the listeners and Rockingham County citizens to hear this. Hear this well. John Morris, just when he just described himself, he didn't bat an eye. It wasn't a political speech. But when he described himself, I called it that he said, I am a Christian conservative Republican. Did you notice what come last in that lineup and what come first? He is a Christian conservative Republican. 
that makes the most difference that he's got his order in his list in the right order. And so those of you who are Republicans, I'm looking at you, Phil Berger, who decided that you were going to go and you were going to put politics above faith and above your, above ideology and above your own party. When you go out and you endorse a Democrat, a lifelong Democrat, and we've seen, y'all, we have seen from the Democrats that they are going to put party above country. They're going to put party above faith. They're going to put party above their their ideology. It, party is everything to them, very much like true Marxists are. And that's exactly what it is, the party first. Because they're going to get their, their liberal elites, their rich, white, liberal elites. That's what they're going to get is you're going to get all the goodies coming from you all. Folks, you're going to need to have Christian conservative Republican on that bench for this war that is coming our way. It is a war on our faith. It is a war on our way of life. It is a war on American values. And Ed Wilson may be a great guy. But at the end of the day, if he's not willing to leave the Democrat Party, he's already putting the party above you, the citizen, knowing that this county is red and is conservative. Folks, you deserve to have a good candidate and you deserve to give Phil Berger the boot if he's not going to stand up for someone who should be perfectly aligned to his own ideologies and beliefs and to stand up for them. John, tell us who has who has already endorsed you? Because I think this is important for our listeners who respect a lot of the people that are on this list. And we do sure. Uh, I will, uh, uh, so I, I've been very, very blessed in that regard. The, uh, the, I, the, the North Carolina Federation of Republican Women came forward and endorsed me. And, okay. and of course, I'm, I'm very honored with that. Um, uh, and, and, and so that's, that's a big one. And then uh, we have former Congress member of Congress and U.S. Congress and Pastor Mark Walker. Mark Walker is, is is a friend of ours. I tell you, of all of all of the the representatives and individuals I've seen carry themselves, Mark Walker is a man of faith. And so I'm just really pleased and honored Amen. that he would come out and support me. Uh, and then we have uh, also have an endorsement from our Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson. And I saw him uh, at our GOP event last Saturday. And I went up to him and I said, I said, hello, Lieutenant Governor, how are you? And he, and he looked at me and he said, oh, you're the one who. And I said, yeah, I'm the one. So, <laughs> I was like, but I would really be, be honored if you, um, if, you would, uh, if you would endorse me. And so I'm, I'm thrilled that God has put these, um, these individuals, these organizations uh, in, in, in my campaign. Um, and I also will uh, will mention I've received great support also from Chairman Watley from the NCGOP, um, and he's reiterated that the party is behind yeah. behind my race and, and for what uh, what I'm standing standing for. And I'm going to also mention I always had to put a plug in for the the, the one person who who inspired me to enter public service, and that was uh, our uh, late Congressman Howard Coble, and he and, and I knew him. Uh, and uh, the, the one funny story is when I first met Howard Cove when I was in law school, he walked up to me and said, he said, man, you've got a lot of hair. And I thought that was quite funny. But he said, but, but again, you know, Howard, <laughs> Congressman Cove said, you know, he always told, told me, and I've heard him say on numerous occasions, is that political wins are always fickle. 
And so, you know, going back to Nathan, what you were saying is so important that we encourage Republicans to just get out and vote. You deserve to go out and vote, uh, especially when we have such these these high the Supreme Court race uh, and the Court of Appeals races, especially the Supreme Court race, are so important. And so we've got to have these rural red counties show up and vote to carry the day against these larger urban, uh, more heavily Democratic uh, counties. Yeah, you're, you're right, and 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 I, I don't mean to to miss, uh, to sort of use the whole uh, the whole time here, but I think that this is important to point out that you know, and this may be a bad analogy, but I'm going to use it anyhow. I think of Russian roulette, and so you were right when you said that not every you know Republicans are not perfect either, but if I'm thinking of Russian roulette, all right. The gun, the bullet chamber. For a Democrat, the bullet chamber. You've got six bullets in that chamber. You're sure enough going to hurt yourself by voting Democrat. But you might have one or even zero bullets in the chamber if you vote for a Republican. Yeah. So, folks, it is, and, and so yeah, not not every Republican is going to is going to get it right. But at least you're going to get it right, and you're going to help yourselves, citizens. You're going to help yourselves a lot better if you're going to vote for the most conservative person on that ticket. They're the ones that's going to do the the right thing nine times out of ten. And so, I you're nine times out of ten, or ten out of ten with a Democrat, you're going to get you're going to get something awful. So it is important that you un, that you guys understand that when you go to the to the ballot box to cast your vote. And so I want to just really stress that we're not going to back up any good old boy network. Phil Berger, you got your friend out there, and you're going to put friendship above your state. You're going to put friendship above your, your uh, party and a friendship above your, uh, your ideology. All right, that's fine for you to have your friends, but we're not, we're not endorsing the good old boy network. We're endorsing the person who is going to be the candidate who is the most conservative and give the best shot at getting conservative values and adherence to the law. And that is John Morris from everything that I have seen and I, and everything that I have heard. So we really encourage you all to do that. And John, we, we just want you to speak to the, the audience, speak to the people of, of Rockingham County, Caswell County. What is it, if you had one chance to get them to understand one thing about you, what is that thing you want them to know? Well, I think you know, what, what, what I mentioned before is that what you see with me is what you get. One thing that I always want to be known for is a man who uh, keeps his word, right? I mean, a man's word is everything. Uh, if I make a promise, I follow up with it. I want to be consistent. Um, but I, I ultimately want them to see and know that I'm a man of faith, Um that the Lord's work in my life has been so clear. You know, I've had seasons in my life where the only thing I've had to grasp onto is God's every word. And I mean, when you get to that point, I mean, yeah. your life is just life changing. It is amazing to see. I mean, and really, you know, what yes. we see happening now uh, at all levels at our church, in, a, in the church, in the politics, and to be this on the bench is that there's a spiritual warfare going on. There's a lot going on behind it. And one thing that yeah, I would like to, to really tell folks, I always love what Scalia said. 
when he says, you know, have the courage to have your wisdom regarded as stupidity. Be fools for Christ and have the courage to suffer the contempt of a sophisticated world. Uh, you know, we, we have to follow leaders like Scalia, the man adhered to our Constitution. He was an advocate for it. He was a bulldog for it. I mean, he didn't back down to these liberal elites that tried to, you yes. know, it's almost like you listen to it. And he listened to some of these the, the, these uh, uh, liberal jurists, or, or like, and it's almost like they hear Scalia, and in response, they're like, "Well, does it really say that?" I mean, it kind of takes me back to to the book of Genesis, right? Where it's like, "Well, did God really say?" Mm. Well, you know, our founding fathers, you know, they they put this document in place. Uh, they were brilliant. Um, they knew what they were fleeing from. And it's not perfect, but it's the best in the world as far as that document and the structure that we've got. Amen. They had seen all the tyranny, they knew the cost, and they were still willing to pay it. And if you don't stand up to tyranny, it'll beat you every time. So let me say this. Um, Rockingham County is predominantly red, correct? All right. You've been endorsed by all of these folks, and all of these are good folks. They're good friends of ours. Yes. Uh, In in, in addition to Dale Falwell, he's helped you a lot, correct? So, folks, let me tell you something. Um, And I want everybody in these two counties to listen to us because the Democrats are the party, and they have pushed us to this edge. This is no longer politics as usual. Right. This is uh, a fight for the republic. John is a good man. He has to remain nonpartisan uh, in his office as much as possible. There's lines he cannot cross, but there are no lines we cannot cross as citizens. Uh, The Democrats are the party that wants to defund the police. The Democrats are the party that wants to do away with quality of life crimes and quit enforcing laws. Uh, to certain groups of people based on the equity of what equity needs. I want to take that word equity and shove it down the biggest commode in the world and flush it. Mm -hmm. And then they want to release the convicts. They want to make felons to be able to vote. They want to, to do everything that is against the originalist view of our Constitution. If you want to maintain law and order, then you need some good things intact. One thing you need intact is a good superior court judge who will rule from the bench according to the law. Yes. And so I want you to to vote for this guy. I want you to put him in office. Phil Berger, I have no idea what you're doing. But, uh, you you know, this goes back to the establishment here. Uh, They still think we can get things done politics as usual. Uh, The GOP doesn't know how to win elections. They don't know how to win battles. They just know how to play politics. Exactly. Uh, They just, they they think they're, they think they're playing checkers when in in fact it demands a mind to play chess. So I'm sick and tired of that. We're, we're to the point where we've got to stand. We're, we're like, uh, we're on a cliff and we're getting ready to go off. We have got to stand. We've got to have men and women who are leaders, who are Christians, who are conservatives, who are Republicans, and put these folks in the office to retain, uh, uh, regain order and to shut out completely and eradicate chaos. So vote for John Morris. 
you will be joining the likes of good men like Mark Walker, Mark Robinson in endorsing this man, but you must do it at the ballot box. And let me tell you something, pastors, in Rockingham and Gaswell counties. You are the gatekeeper to many of the people who would vote for this man. Yes. You need to be influential to them. You need to make sure your congregation is, one, registered to vote. And then we need good Christian people in office, but we need good Christian people voting for people in office. And so the last election, they say that 60% of the evangelical church were not even registered to vote or they didn't show up to vote. Folks, that election was not stolen. We gave it away. Get your butts up and vote and vote for John Morris. I agree. I will also add to that. Democrats are the party that want to allow your children, your children to be hacked up into pieces so that in the name of gender ideology. Yes. The, the Democrats are the ones that want to take your children and sacrifice them to their secular humanist gods in the name of abortion. These are the people that have a D after their name. You know what they stand for. I don't care what they say. That's what their party stands for. That's what they're going to abide by. We've got a man here who is going to vote and is going, he is going to, uh, he is going to judiciate, I should say, not legislate, but he is going to judiciate from the perspective of what the Constitution says and what the founders who wrote the document intended for it to be. And that's exactly what we need in this country. Don't hand this state or this country over to a party that is so lawless. And, and pastor's right. We can't continue to compromise with a party that wants to see Christianity and people like me jailed because we stand up against this evil that they are trying to foist on our children and on our state. Yeah. They want to see us dead because we believe in what we believe. We cannot compromise with a, a party like that any longer. So sorry, sorry, Senator Berger, sorry, Berger family. Judge Wilson might be your friend, but he is no friend of Rockingham and Caswell counties. He is no friend of North Carolina, and he is no friend of the Constitution. And it is for us to dump those people who are no friends. And if you want to be a bird of a feather and flock together with him, Cinder Burger, Burger family, perhaps it's time we dump you too. Folks, if you've got a D behind your name, you're no friend of well, ours. No friend of ours. I can't well, speak I'll for say John, this. but I'm yeah, speaking I was, for Nathan. I would like to mention this, but, and, and what Nathan has just said is, you know, one thing that I share with my, I have two beautiful girls, little daughters, and the one thing that I reiterate to them is Psalm 139. You are wonderfully and fearfully made by the Lord. Hallelujah. And we've got to steal that identity in, into our children. They are, they are created by the Lord. How offensive of it is, is it, is it for our culture to intervene and try to call the shots on, on what God has created? Amen. Mm. I mean, it's just. Amen. You bring up a great point, And sooner than later, you're going to have to face this as a jurist because California's already started a law, and this is a whole different podcast. Maybe we'll bring you back, but next week we're going to be talking with Congressman Walker about this. Um, California's already signed into law, uh, Emperor Newsom, uh, 
uh, who wants to be president, not grandpa off. But um, you can, he's already signed into law that he you can take children away from the homes, the parents, if parents don't support gender identity in that child. And if they believe that the parent will never come around, they can permanently remove that child. We're going to have to make laws in here to counter that in this state. And they're going to be. Yeah. And of course, as you know, as, you as I'm sure you've heard other exactly. candidates speak to, I can't, I can never give you uh, any sort of indication of how to rule on any, you know, sort of hypothetical situations. Uh, but I can say this is that, Obviously, you know, I yeah. know that there's a higher power that I'm accountable to. And, and I mean, just the same as my, my father being a pastor, Amen. same with a judge and same with our life's work. We are we are accountable uh, to a, to a higher authority, the creator of the universe. Amen. Right. Amen. Well, so, Nathan, Dr. Street, I think we've already mentioned it. <laughs> Um, we can endorse this guy. Well, I'm honored Absolutely. to have we their endorsement. This guy. I really I am. All right, let's go on record. We are on record as endorsing John Morris for Superior Court Judge Randolph. No, Randolph County is already red. County and They're County. red now. Randolph. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're the red. We were the. I'm a Randolph County boy, so we were the reddest. So, you know, so that's uh, we we definitely encourage uh, everyone to go out and vote for John. Uh, for Superior Court Judge, it is very vital that we get folks like this, a man of God, a man of principle, and a man of understanding, a man of the of the law, who honors and respects the law on our Superior Court circuit. It's very important that we do that, folks. And so, look, I know that we are, are, are running long, but I, I think it's important that we have, have shined the light here on everything. And I also want to say that... Um, that what Pastor Mashburn and I, what we say on this podcast are our views, our views of John necessarily. He expresses his own views. We don't speak for him. So if any of the Republican Party that comes out and wants to wants to crawl all over our case for calling out Phil Berger, that's all right. You can take it up with me because I'm the one that said it. I live in South Carolina. Bring it on. So uh, you know you don't you don't scare me. I, I'd say it if I lived in North Carolina. Don't b- b- bother me at all. So folks, and I have he's that. a troublemaker, guys. He's a troublemaker. Stir that pot. I love it. I love to stir it. So folks, listen. We appreciate John for coming on with us today at Carolina Conservative Preachers with a Punch. We definitely want to have you back on again, John, and we'll talk about sure. some of these legal issues that might come yes, up sir. later on. Hopefully, you will be on the bench by then. And. Uh, we continue to talk to you about anything that comes up. We'd love to love to have you back on. You've been a wonderful guest. We really appreciate all of you for joining with us again. Let's fight together. Let's continue to push back against the evil. The Bible tells us that when, when evil comes in, when the devil comes in like a flood, that we lift up a standard against him. Our standard is the word of God. And on this podcast, we are lifting up the word of God like a shield of faith to blow back against the evil that is flooding in our nation and in our state. That shield are people like John Morris that we need to lift him up, hold up his arms, and let's help him fight in this battle. Thank you, Thank for, you having again me. for joining us th- today on this podcast and this week. We look absolutely. We look forward to having you all again next time. I am Dr. Nathan Street. 
And I'm Pastor Alan Mashburn. Thank you for joining us. Vote for John Thank Morris. You. God bless you until next time. God bless.